Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of the book of Acts. Acts was written by Luke as a historical continuation of the Gospel of Luke. This week's lesson is found in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, which not only is an eyewitness account of Jesus' ascension into heaven, but also his promised indwelling of the Holy Spirit to believers. This promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit would enable his disciples to be witnesses of Jesus, even to the remotest part of the earth. Please follow along as Pastor Harris delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, You Shall Be My Witnesses. Number one, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, the, the, the 11 apostles there had had a taste of that. Twice Jesus had sent them out preaching. They had uh, performed miracles in His name. They, they, had a, they had a sense of what that Holy Spirit power was, and now it was going to be coming on everyone and remaining with them. We're going to see how that unfolds when we get to uh, chapter 2. But he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, it doesn't seem like in their memory banks they were replaying the words, I have to go away so the Holy Spirit can come. But he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And number two, he says, you shall be my witnesses. Now, they expected to be his co-regents with the kingdom in place. But instead, they were going to be going around giving testimony. They were going to be testifying to what they knew about Jesus, His life, His death, His resurrection, the gospel, and the plan of God to, to build His church that would eventually include Jews and Gentiles. Witnesses are those who describe what they have seen and heard. If you've ever been a, a witness in a courtroom, or you've surely seen it portrayed in movies or, or, or television, they, they, they put you under oath, you have to promise to, to tell the truth, and then they say, okay, on the date of such and such, in the place of such and such, what did you see so and so do? What did you hear? And you describe it. Uh, and, and, you, and you tell the truth of what you know to be the case. That's what our job is. We are to be witnesses to who Jesus is and what He accomplished. Oh, and it's fine to throw in, and by the way, He's coming back, and you have to deal with that. Now, the word witness, the Greek noun is martyres, the Greek verb is martyreo, um, and because of what happened mainly to early Christians who were faithful witnesses to Jesus Christ, the word for witness has turned into our word martyr. A martyr is a person who is killed because of his or her beliefs. Oh, and by the way, guess what happened to the apostles? John was the last one, and 
He may or may not have been violently put to death, but he was, he was uh, exiled. Now at this point, notice that Jesus stated in advance what was going to happen. That's why I call it Jesus' prediction. Now, can you take this as a mandate? That it is our responsibility to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the, re- the remotest parts of the earth? Absolutely, you can. We should. That is, our, that is our job description. But His followers on that day did not take it as a command. They did not start planning. Okay, guys, let's form a team. Um, we need a team for Jerusalem. We need a bigger team to spread out to Judea. Somebody, guys, I know you don't like them, but somebody's got to go to the Samaritans. And then comes the big one. We've got to go to the remotest part of the earth. And you know who lives there? Gentiles. They weren't planning. That was, that was not a time of rejoicing for them. They wanted to hear, the kingdom's here. Take your, take your throne next to mine. That's what they wanted. But there was going to be a plan that would last, well, we know of a roughly 2,000 years so far. We still live in phase three of that plan. And would you notice that Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is not only Jesus' prediction of what was going to happen, it's the inspired outline of the book of Acts. Two books of the New Testament have, if you will, one verse in each one of them that is the outline for the whole book. In, uh, uh, in, in Acts, it's this one. Uh, you have the gospel going to Jerusalem and Judea, and then you have uh, it, it going to Samaria and then to the, to the Gentiles. First uh, eight chapters, or the first seven chapters, then Samaria in chapter eight, Gentiles, the remotest part of the earth, part of the earth in chapters nine through 28. The other one, since you're wondering which one it is, the book of Revelation, it says, write down these things, things which you've seen, that's the vision of Jesus in chapter 1, the things which are, that's Jesus' letters to the seven churches, and then the things which will happen after these things, that's the rest of the book of Revelation, which takes us all the way to the end of the story. Now, finally, for today, Jesus' promotion. Back in Luke, here again is another part of this connection, Luke in Luke 24, 51, had already given a brief description of this event. Now he's going to elaborate. So I call this the exclamation point on Jesus' life in His first coming. Chapter 1, verse 9. After He had said these things about the plan, He was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. Now I've had thousands, multiple thousands of conversations in my lifetime, not one has ever ended like that. I've had people go away laughing. I've had people go away mocking. I've had people go away offended. Uh, They've hung up on me or they've cheerfully said goodbye or they'll give you a handshake or a hug and, and the conversation. Nobody's... He just was lifted up. Nobody's ever left like that before. Well, there's Enoch and there's Elijah. They were the two in the Old Testament that are types, not of Jesus, but but of the rapture where God takes a believer without dying to be with Him. Um, In Enoch's case, it's just real run-of-the-mill and 
Enoch was not because God took him. doesn't leave any description. In, in the case of Elijah, a lot more dramatic scene involving chariots and horses of fire. And, and you know what music was playing? It was, you know, while the guys were running down the beach. Uh, okay. A lot of people watch that, haven't they? Okay. Um, that's a picture of the rapture. But they, they were taken without dying. Jesus had died, and He had risen again. This is His ascension. Here there are no chariots, no horses, no fire, no fanfare, no music. They're just talking, and He was lifted up, and a cloud received Him. It was as dramatic as Elijah's departure, but this time God sent play-by-play announcers. Look at verses 10 and 11. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. Now, those are angels. Pretty, pretty obvious that they are angels. And picture the scene. Jesus is talking. They're looking at him. He ends the sentence, and he's lifted up. And their eyes are following him. And a cloud receives him from their sight. So they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going. Yeah, I would have been too. These two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. So two angels show up. Men of Galilee, why are you staring into the, into the sky? Men of Galilee, by the way, is quite accurate because of the 12 apostles, only Judas was not from Galilee, and he had killed himself by then. So, yeah, men of Galilee, that's exactly right. But every time I read this, I can't help but think that the silliest question in all the Bible is, why do you stand looking into the sky? I'm pretty sure I know what I would have said. Because Jesus just went there. Where do you expect us to be looking? Of course we're staring into the sky. Now, we can see the glory in this, but just try to imagine what the disciples were feeling and thinking when that happened. Now, I'll bet you that three of them were having a flashback. Because Peter and James had John and John had been there at the transfiguration. They had seen the glory. They'd seen that blinding light. They'd heard the voice, this is my beloved son. They'd heard that, that voice from heaven. I bet Peter and James and John expected that as soon as these two angels hit the dimmer switch, Jesus is going to be standing here. We might hear a voice from heaven. But that didn't happen. All 11 of them had to be gut punched. Even the angel said, this Jesus who has been taken up from you. He was with you. He's been taken from you into heaven. What a gut punch for them. He was everything to them. They had given up everything and followed Him. They had been sent out twice to preach at His command. and They had done miracles in His power. Surely they had to be thinking... How can we possibly go on without Him? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.